Welcome to Sufficient Word. This is Pastor Scott Owens, and I am the host of this podcast. And we want to welcome you this morning on this Monday, the 9th of May, 2022. We're excited about today's podcast. Let me give you a little background of why we are doing this podcast. We usually download our sermons from Sunday to our podcast, but this past Sunday, we had a reality check when it came to spiritual warfare. Right in the middle of our sermon, our equipment began to act up, and I believe with all my heart that Satan was trying his best to silence the message that we had been given by the Lord to preach here on uh, Mother's Day at Northside. And so we just battled uh, oppression and it just felt like Satan had just pulled up a chair right next to the pulpit and uh, just had himself a heyday. But we come here this morning and we're going to go back over the lesson that we had yesterday with the hopes and the prayer that you will be blessed. I believe with all my heart that every woman needs to listen uh, to this message and to this lesson of topic that we're going to be speaking on, and that is the woman of fortitude, woman of fortitude. So I'm going to read John 19, our text from yesterday. We're doing a series through the, uh, the this year, 2022, uh, through the Gospel of John. And I've always read this text, but never have been given the liberty to really teach it and uh, yeah, this week, uh, as I was studying, I really felt the Holy Spirit of God giving me clarity on what the meaning of this passage was, and it really resonated with me as a man, and I hope and pray that it really helps out a lot of women that are out there struggling right now with just finding the courage to stand in the midst of all that you're facing. Maybe you're a, a single mom that's just finding it hard to make ends meet and pay your bills or maybe you're a woman who is struggling with uh, infertility and just having a hard time having to juggle the emotions that come with that there is a a a a truth fortitude and that's what we're going to be looking at so let's read our text john chapter 19 verses 25 down through verse 27 but standing by the cross of jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary the wife of Clepas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray over this podcast that you would bless and speak to hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our discourse involves women. If you read the text carefully, you will see that there were no men at the cross save one, and that was John the Beloved. So our attention is drawn immediately to a group of women, four to be exact, which have occupied a place at the foot of the cross. Now, through the physical rigors of the cross, Jesus speaks seven significant sayings from the cross. And it's this third saying that occupies our attention during this uh, podcast. John does not dwell on Jesus' suffering beyond referring his readers to Psalms 22. So rather, John turns our attention to the foot of the cross 
And this is where we hear this third saying of Jesus. And here's what he's saying. Dear woman, here is your son. And here is your mother. John 19, verses 26 and 27. So crowds were pouring contempt on Jesus, cruelly mocking and abusing him. The sight of his bloody and gaunt body hanging on a cross. And all she could do is stand by and watch. Yet she did not shriek or crumble. She did not run. She stayed. She is the very model of what a woman of fortitude looks like. Webster's Dictionary says that fortitude is that strength or the firmness of mind, courage of soul, which enables a person to encounter danger with coolness, to bear pain and adversity without murmuring or depression or despondency, losing hope. Courage, uh, fortitude is three-dimensional. It's courage. And the, the, could you imagine Mary, the sight of her firstborn hanging in agony? But it's also conviction. She remembered the words of Simeon in Luke chapter 2, verse 33 through 35, where he said a sword would be thrust through her heart. But fortitude is also strength. She had to stand there and listen to the contempt of the crowd. So here's our central premise. Jesus is dying on the cross for the sins of his people. The soldiers executing him are stealing his clothing and gambling away his only uh, possessions. And Jesus is thinking not of himself, but of his mother. So here's our study in a sentence, loved ones. Women of fortitude stand firm, committed and confident that Jesus sees where they are and is aware of their deepest needs in their darkest moments. Let me read that again. Women of fortitude stand firm, committed and confident that Jesus sees where they are and is aware of their deepest needs in their darkest moments. So there's several key components that Mary exhibits that makes her a great example of a woman of fortitude. Component number one is Mary's placidity she is silent as she is standing. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through verse 38, Mary is submissive when she finds out that she will be with child. In Luke chapter 2, verse 46 to verse 55, Mary sings the Magnificat. In Luke chapter 2, verses 33 to 35, Mary is struck with a sword for the very first time as Simeon tells her that she will be struck with a sword because of this child. Her heart will be pierced with pain. In Luke chapter 2, verses 48 to verse 49, the sword pierced a little bit more into her heart. In Matthew 12, verses 46 through verse 50, the sword pierces even more into her heart. We come to John chapter 2, verses 3 through 4, and again the sword is thrust in a, a little deeper. And now as we stand in front of John chapter 19, the sword is fully thrust into the heart of this mother in, in excruciating pain and agony. She's watching Jesus die. The one person that could have rescued Jesus was his mother. Mary could have stepped up and said, I, I'm his mother. I know him better than anyone. He's not telling the truth. Take him off the cross. But she's silent. And do you know why she's silent, loved ones? Because she cannot lie. 
She stands in silence because she knows that Jesus is the Son of God. She knows that this is God hanging on this cross. And so this is our lesson. Mary's silence is a testimony to sovereignty. God is in control. Fortitude is encountering danger with coolness. Psalms 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. To know that it is God is to remain silent. You cannot speak against it. A word cannot be spoken against a situation or a circumstance when you know God is working. You cannot say anything against it. So we note component number one, Mary's placidity. She must stand silent. Here's component number two. I want you to note Mary's posture and her proximity. She's standing. The fact that I stand is important. But where I stand is of greater importance. Mary is standing, but she is standing by the cross. John 19, verse 25. Mary's found standing steadfast by Jesus. She's standing with Jesus to the very end. Mary is standing in the one place that makes all the difference and matters the most, and that's the cross. Because the cross puts darkness in perspective. I don't know what your darkness looks like. I don't know what, how, how you define your darkness. But when you stand near the cross, it puts darkness in perspective because light becomes sovereign. Light becomes the controlling factor. I want you to notice our lesson here. Fortitude is bearing under adversity without losing hope or courage. You see, God gives us the grace to stand. In Romans 5 verse 2 we are to stand in that grace. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1, we are to stand in the gospel whereby we are saved. In 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13, we are to stand in the strength and the courage of the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 1 verse 24, we are to stand in faith. In Galatians 5 1, we stand in our Christian liberty. We're not bound up. We're not confined. We're not in the chains and the, and the fetters of, of our emotions, but we are free, loved ones. We are to stand in our liberty. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, we are to stand united. You don't have to look far to see that other people are going through darkness and going through different situations in their life that are difficult for them to bear under. Get this, in Colossians 4, verse 12, we're to stand perfect and complete in the will of God. In Philippians 4, 1, we're to stand in the Lord. So what does it mean to stand? What does standing indicate? Well, number one, we're going to be attacked. We're going to come under the attack of the enemy. Yesterday morning, I've never in my 30 years of ministry been under any more of a harder attack more severe attack than what I was yesterday morning. I left the pulpit. I went and sat in my study and just sat there and wondered to myself, oh God, there is an enemy and he hates your word. And he tried to silence the word of God yesterday. And so we're going to come under attack. Here's a second indicator. We must not be afraid. We've got to stand. Here's the third. No self-pity is allowed. Don't sit around this morning in your house in the dark, slouching, drooping, half-hearted, wondering if God even want, uh, cares where you're at. There is no self-pity allowed. And here's the third indicator, fourth indicator. Remain in a position of alert. Listen, be ready. God's going to do something. And here's the fifth one. 
Never give a thought to retreat. Don't you dare, loved one. Don't you dare quit on God. Don't you dare quit praying. Don't you dare quit believing. Don't you dare quit reading His Word. There is no, there is no uh, thought of retreat. So Jesus' mother is not wringing her hands or tearing, uh, tearing her hair out or, or rending her clothes or, or making some outcry, but she's composed standing by the cross. The old hymn said, Near the cross I'll watch and wait, hoping and trusting ever. Till I see my Savior's face, leave His presence, no, never. Our third component, I want you to note in the text, Mary's people, her support. In her darkest moment, Mary surrounds herself with the right people. Note who Mary did not surround herself with. Now this is interesting. She did not surround herself with her other children. They had yet to become believers. We learn this in John chapter 7, verse 5. And after Jesus' resurrection, then they become believers. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. But while on the cross, they were not believers. Here's a second group that Mary doesn't entrust herself with. She did not surround herself with the disciples. You see, Jesus' darkest hour, they deserted him. Jesus even asked Peter in Matthew 26, could you not even watch with me for one hour and pray? What did he do? Peter slept. So when Jesus needed them the most, they were nowhere to be found. But Mary surrounds herself with people who number one, loved Jesus, and number two, knew that he could make a difference in their darkest moments. The women standing near the cross were not standing because they felt obligated to stand. These women stood there because they were devoted to the Lord. They loved the Lord. See, they loved Mary, and it would have been insensitive to permit her to stand alone and watch her son die. You know what the Bible said in Galatians 6? We're to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. They loved Jesus too. They loved him enough to bear the reproach, to be guilty by association, to take on the shame of standing with the crucified and her, his mother. I want you to know, brother, brothers and sisters, we have got to surround ourselves with people who are not ashamed to stand. First of all, there was Salome. This is Mary's sister. This is the mother of James and John, and she, she knew the darkness of selfishness in Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 25. I'd like to turn there and read this, read this uh, text because it's very uh, appropriate for what we're talking about because I'm sure a lot of us who are listening this morning have found ourselves praying selfish prayers, praying selfish prayers, praying these demanding prayers, requests of God. Matthew chapter 20 Verse number 20, look what it says here. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee, that would be Salome, came up to him with her sons, kneeling before him. She asked him for something. We're always asking God for something. I don't know what your something is this morning, but I'm sure you're asking God for something. Look what it says. And he said, and she, she asked him something, and he said to her, what do you want? And she said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit one at the right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. And Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? And they said to him, we are able. Listen, 
She was a selfish person who prayed a selfish prayer. This is what her prayer was. I want what I want now, and I don't care what it costs me. She wanted the crown without a cross. And from where she was standing, no crown ever comes without a cross and without a cup. And here's our lesson. No Christian rises higher than their prayers. The second lady that was standing there is Mary Magdalene. She knew the darkness of oppression. Matthew 8, verse 2, Mark 16, verse 9 says she was delivered from demon oppression and demon suppression. Her whole life had been uh, nothing but bondage to Satan. Acts chapter 26, verse 18, Mary knew the power of being delivered from darkness, moral darkness, spiritual darkness, the power of Satan to the power of God. She knew what, the, what it felt like to come from guilt to forgiveness. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. What do we learn from this, Mary? To move from darkness into light, Jesus had to move from light into darkness. Redemption cost Jesus everything. Then there was Mary, the mother of Jesus. And this is the darkness of grief. Luke chapter 2, verses 34 through 35. Mary stood there with a sword thrust through her heart as a mother watching her son die. So in our darkest moments, this is the lesson. We must surround ourselves with those who love Jesus and know the power of Jesus to make a difference in our darkest moments. You got those kind of people around you, friend? People that you know are going to be there no matter what. It may cost them. It may not be popular. It may not be what everybody is expected but they're standing with you. Thank God for people like that. I've got people like that in my life that stand with me. They stand with me. They'll stand with me to the very end. Friends, friends, people I can count on. That's what Mary did. She surrounded herself with people that she knew that she could reach over at any moment and touch them. But I want to give you component number four. That is Mary's provision. Jesus supplying Mary. We find this in John chapter 19, verse 26 to 27. Nowhere in the gospel narratives did Jesus ever call Mary mother. Woman was not a title of disgrace and disrespect that Jesus used here in John 19. It underscores this truth that Jesus was not her son at the moment, but her Savior. See, Jesus performed two works in the life of Mary. First, he performed a spiritual work. Now, there is an order here, loved one. There is an order here that you must see. A lot of you out there are wanting instantaneous relief from God. You're wanting God to move in and do what you need Him to do at that very moment. But there's an order to this thing. And the first thing Jesus did in Mary's life was a spiritual work. Jesus was stressing the necessity of Mary to no longer associate herself with Jesus as a mother, but a member of a fallen race who needed a Savior. Woman, He says. Then He did the temporal work. Jesus obeys the fifth commandment. Deuteronomy 5, 16. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you. So here's our lesson. Our temporal needs must never be more important than our spiritual needs in our darkest moments. There are matters of greater importance than temporal relief. Let me say to you this morning, I don't know what you're praying or how you're praying, but you need to let Jesus do the spiritual work before he ever does the temporal work. You need to let Jesus 
reform you spiritually, reshape you spiritually before He ever gives you the relief you need. So here's our takeaways as we close. Number one, there is no greater place to position our lives in our darkest moments than at the foot of the cross because the cross puts darkness in perspective. Number two, surround your life with people who love Jesus and know the power of Jesus to make a difference in their darkest moments. In your darkest moments, if you do know without a doubt it's God, be still and know. Just be still and be silent. Don't talk against it. Here's a brief little bit of history. Scripture does not record Mary's future life, but varying traditions state that Mary lived with John in Jerusalem for 11 more years until she died. One alternative version says that she traveled with John all the way to Ephesus, and in later years, she died there. Friend, I hope and pray this podcast finds you encouraged. I had to hold back the tears while I taught this lesson because as I sit here at this desk, I find myself thinking of people who are going through some dark times in their life. And all they need to do is pull themselves up to the cross and realize that Jesus is able. Jesus is able. He is God and God alone. I hope and pray this has been a blessing to you. Please give us a uh, a rating. Uh, we're looking to uh, boost our ratings uh, on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. You can find us there. Uh, we pray that it will be a blessing to you. Look up the podcast title, Sufficient Word. We had to change our title. We weren't just really digging the harbinger, but Sufficient Word. And in our podcast intro, you'll be able to read what that, uh, what that means. But we hope and pray this has been a blessing to you. We're going to close now with prayer. And then we, we thank you for joining us uh, this morning. Father, we love you. And we pray that this message would go forth and speak to hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.